Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Good morning. It's Jack Spillane. Filling in for Tim Weisberg, Jack Spillane, late of the Standard Times, more recently of the New Bedford Light. Uh, I'm filling in for Tim as we uh, uh, talk about the issues of the day. Tim is uh, out in Gettysburg uh, on a um, uh, one of his uh, spooky South Coast uh, ventures, and uh, we'll see what he comes back from Gettysburg talking about, but he's never been there before, and... Um, if I know Tim, he's going to have some great stories about Gettysburg. There must be some great. Um, I think they're very careful about what they allow in terms of um, uh, uh, ghost activity there. But so many thousands of, of, of men died at Gettysburg that you have to think that it has to be a very haunted place. So Tim is down um, in Gettysburg and and I'm sitting here on this rainy summer day complaining about the... Um, the summer weather this year in New England. If you've been listening the first hour, I've been whining uh, about that. But um, there are other things we can talk about. Uh, maybe you're just getting up. Uh, the first hour, we talked a, a lot about my column, which went up this morning. Um, uh, New Bedford Whaling Museum struggling with bad hires. This is a, a little bit of a meditation on not so much um, the failure to do background checks that resulted in these people with criminal records and, and significant substance abuse problems uh, working for the city and the museum. But, but more, and, and, and by the way, the, the city and the museum have both changed their procedures to try to strengthen their, um, uh, their background checks. But um, what, I, what I really wanted to talk about in that column was what do we do with people who have served their time and people who have substance abuse problems and are at least sober for the time being. They they have to work. They have to support themselves. We can't, you know, the government can't support them forever. If they don't work, they'll they're likely to go back to a life of crime. So so we do have to give them a chance, even though they have a high rate of screwing up. That's just the reality. I, they're, they're part of our society. Carl Alves, the longtime executive director of PACA, is going to be here at eight o'clock. I'm either on the phone or in studio to talk to me about the issue of, of getting people back into the workforce. Um, you know, we, we have a, a, a significant um, problem with addiction on the South Coast. And so these people are going to, to, to be coming in and looking for jobs. Uh, uh, at, la- at the end of the last hour, we had a, an interesting caller who, who uh, I guess he works in woodworking. And he said he has a great employee who um, has served time and he gave him a chance and he's taught him some... Uh, woodworking skills, good for him. Uh, uh, 
Carl has told me that, Carl Alves has told me that um, the restaurant industry, the fishing industry, construction, are some of the industries that are very open to um, to giving people a chance. But, um, uh, you know, some some jobs you just can't, you just can't have people in. For instance, if you're a police officer who has turned in another police officer to a drug dealer for a bribe, you probably are not going to be able to work in the city of of New Bedford again. Um, they gave this guy a chance. I, I, I can actually understand Mark Champagne wanting to give this guy a chance. I have a, I have a hard, hard time understanding that that he and the personal L director did not um, inform the mayor's office that they were um, hiring this person, but they've, they've taken care of that problem. Now, if you read my column, you'll see that the mayor has instituted a... a a, a policy where um, if you're going to hire someone with a criminal record, they have to, um, uh, the, mayor, the mayor has to approve it in writing. So that, that should, you know, I, most mayors, I think, are not going to want to have their name signed uh, to giving somebody a chance. That might be a little bit of a draconian approach on the mayor's part, but um, that's the solution that he came up with. Uh, if you want to talk about this, give me a call. The lines are open. 508-996-0500, 508-996-0500. This is Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light filling in for, for Tim this morning. Um, we've been talking about a bunch of different things. The uh, the Charmouth Diner is is up for auction. The auction has already started with the new sheriff, Paul Hero, starting starting the bidding at just $10. Boy, that's... <laughs> that indicates to me that they're looking to unload this. Well, will anybody even pay ten dollars for it to to uh, to take it off uh, the sheriff's hands? Uh, is it just a hunk of junk? Could you sell it for scrap uh, to get rid of it? Uh, I think it it breaks poor Phil Paleologus's heart to see it. You know, he, he and his his wonderful wife Celeste uh, spent a lifetime. You know, working in that diner, helping people in that diner. Phil and Celeste, by the way, are the kind of people that would give people a second chance um, to uh, uh, to work in, the, in in their industry. I know that Celeste spoke very movingly one time before the planning board when they were thinking of um, locating a Suboxone clinic on Union Street in the downtown. She had mixed reservations about that, but that particular location. But she was very straightforward about talking that she w- works with this population. She's aware of them, of their problems. And, you know, they, 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 they are part of society. You know, we, we do need to try to help them. So if you disagree with me on that, if you, if you just think that, no, you have, you have one chance, you don't get any second chances. If you screwed up like that to the point where you had to go to jail, tough enough for you, you know, I'm not going to hire you. How do, how do you feel about that? We have a call on the line. Let's go to them. You're on the air with Jack Spillane on WBSM. Good morning, Jack. Good morning. Gilly Sapiolos. Hi, Gilly. How you doing? Good. I've been listening to you the first hour from 6 to 7. Ah, you're an early bird riser. Well, I'm like you. Um, my question is, you know, the gentleman that got hired by Champagne and didn't tell the mayor. I can understand giving people a second shot, but being a police officer and all that stuff. But my main concern is, where was Brian Gomes in all of this? See, Brian Gomes the other day on the on the public safety meeting 
he had sent a thing to the Whale Museum to come before the, the council so that he can find out why they hired somebody with that kind of a record with no Corey check and everything. No, they did a Corey check. No, I'm talking about, uh, yeah, well, but he made it sound like it, they did it. Okay, the gentleman. So what happened was the Whaling Museum sent a letter to the council. And he, it was on public record. They read the letter at the meeting. And they said, you have no jurisdiction over us. So in other words, in a runabout way, if people listen to the letter that was written by the Whaling Museum, they're telling Brian Gomes to mind his business. We'll take care of it. But my main concern is public safety. Why didn't he put Mr. Champagne or the city to come before them? I think I think that's a good question. Uh, you and I, have you read the column, Gilly? No, I haven't yet. Yeah. Oh, boy, you're breaking my heart. But but uh, but I know you have trouble getting on the internet sometimes, so I'll, I'll give you an excuse. But... When, especially when Bedford and all the city councilors and trip towers and everything threw me out, and now I'm in Fall River. <laughs> okay. Here. All right, so so I, I think you have a point. Um, uh, Brian is the head of public safety, and he brought. I, I said this in the column that he brought the um, uh, whaling museum in, and I think he had good reason to bring them in, even though they don't oversee them. He he has right. a point when he says that these artifacts, you know, are important to the city, and the whaling museum should be, you know, on top of that. But it's hard to understand how he brings in a a. A private nonprofit, but doesn't inquire as you know to you know, to to, have, to bring in the um, Mark Champagne to explain how this person got hired, or bring in the mayor's office. If if I mean, in my column this morning, I think I'm the first one who identified Mr. Champagne as the person who made this hire. Uh, so maybe Brian didn't even know that, but he could at least. You know, ask the mayor's office to send down Christina Conley. He always brags about he knows everything that goes. He's got his thumb on the... Come on. He knew about this. Well, I don't know what he knew and what he didn't know, but 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 this is something the city council could actually do something about. Maybe they don't like the mayor's new policy that he has to approve in writing anybody who was hired. You know, the council has had nothing to say about this very serious problem of a of a, a city worker who has a not not just a record but a record for outing a, a, a another police officer. The guy was a police officer, and then they hired him, and he done the same thing. Didn't he get just get that? I, I I understand that, but the, but the 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 man the, the man is a is a human being, you know. He he has a family, you know, who I'm sure loves him, and I, he served his time. He has paid his debt to society. I'm I'm not I. I I have mixed feelings about this, which is why I'm having Carl Alves in, because I do think people deserve a second chance. I don't know whether that second chance should have been in city government for this particular individual. That's the point. That's what I'm trying to bring. I do not care. I mean, I do care about people coming out, and they do deserve a second chance. But I'm talking about an elected city council that's supposed to be looking out for the people's taxes and everything. Yeah, okay. I, I, I think, but it's not just a profit organization, and he made a big stink about it, about the, the Whaling Museum. But yeah, when it comes underneath his nose, and everybody knew about it. But 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 it's not not just Brian uh, Gilly. Uh, there were ten other counselors that could have brought this issue to the fore. The, 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 the lack of curiosity about this issue in the council, I 
I just think has been astounding. You know, Ian, to be fair, the mayor's office, uh, we had that initial story that Anastasia Lennon from the New Bedford Light did about um, the problem with um, Mr. Greeny. But but beyond that, the mayor's office, until until I did this column, has had very little to say about the circumstances. They the, the mayor's office never never revealed who hired him and and. You know how he got hired, whether a Corey check was done, uh, yep. and 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 so I, I think this 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 you know criticism to go all around. No, no, I understand the criticism, but we're talking about the city council, and you're talking to the choir when because I've been saying that about the the city council. Nobody's sticking together; they just hide stuff. But the point is, he's the the public safety. Okay, that's the part that gets to me. He know about he he put. He should be bringing this up a long time ago. On March 10th, he got fired again, didn't he? Yes. He got fired on March 10th. Around that time, yes, yes. Yes, yes. Gilly, I've already said I I, I agree with you. Like, I think that... Uh, Brian is the chair of public safety. I think he probably, and, and, and Brian, you're welcome to call. We're happy to hear uh, your perspective on this. Uh, I, I called yesterday. I didn't hear back. Um, but I, you know, I, I think that Brian is the chair of public safety. He did invite the wedding museum in, so it is hard to understand. Um, but there are 10 other councilors also, and the mayor himself has said very little about this. So I think this was an issue that really was not thoroughly explained to the community. There really hasn't been the community discussion that we deserve to have on it, and I think that's too bad. No, you're 100% right, because now he's involving taxpayers' money, okay? The Willing Museum... It's a nonprofit organization, and you should. Everybody should read the letter that the Whaling Museum sent to Brian Gomes. I did, I did. But okay. but the the Whaling Museum has a point when they say that they don't work for the city; they're not part of the city. But the Whaling Museum, like the city, has said very little. They they said oh, we did a quarry check, but they didn't oh. say why the quarry check didn't work. They didn't. Exp- they said that they've imp- they've increased their background checks now, which is a good thing. But they really have have given very little explanation of, of how it happened. Now, in their defense, what they said was, this man is going to go to trial and, you know, you have to be careful what you say when a person is going to go to trial because it, it can be used. No, I, I think it's a legitimate point, Gilly. My, but, my point, my, let me tell you the real point that I want to bring out. Okay? An elected official in the city council has been known on record that I've been always talking about. They only do what, they, what suits them. If it doesn't suit them, they won't put it forward on their own. You have to be pressured, okay? They have to be pressured. That's the problem there. The city, they have to protect the citizens. All right, you well. You protect the people that you want to protect. So that's my thing. Brian Gomes is public safety. He's been here 30 years, like I said. He hasn't done a thing in 30 years. He hasn't passed a motion on his own for 30 years. Okay. It's time for him to get out of the picture. And Linda Moore read too. Okay, we've got you, we've got your point, Gilly. Thank, thanks for calling. I got to go to a commercial break. Bye bye. Tim. All righty, it's not Tim. It's Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light, uh, filling in for Tim, who was down in Gettysburg, and the sun is coming out once again. The weathermen are wrong. It was supposed to rain most of the day, and and it's not even. Not even 8 o'clock and it looks like the sun is coming out. Good. 
It's summertime. We want some sun. The lines are open, South Coast. If you want to talk to me, 508-996-0500. 508-996-0500. We've been talking this morning about um, the Stephen Greeny and Robert Birchall cases. Uh, uh, Mr. Greeny was the Department of Fleet and Facilities Management worker who was fired for stealing from the city. Uh, he had previously been a police officer who had... Uh, turned in a, a, a fellow police officer to a, a, a drug dealer uh, in return for a bribe. Very serious charges. Somehow he got hired in 2019 without the mayor in New Bedford's knowledge, or so the mayor says. Uh, I, I take him at his word. And um, uh, uh, Robert Birchall, the, the guy from the Whaley Museum, who had uh, served a, a bunch of time uh, uh, for shoplifting, mainly in, in various drug charges, who got hired by the Whaling Museum and proceeded to, to steal more than $150,000 worth of artifacts from the museum, most of which have been returned now. Uh, so we've been talking about it from the standpoint of, do these guys deserve a second chance? Um, uh, uh, I don't know what you, what you feel about that. Uh, we haven't had a whole lot of callers on it, so I have to, I have to think that people are, are just not that interested, either that or afraid to talk. Um, uh you know, uh, I'd like to hear from the city council, one of the city councilors uh, who, um, you know, didn't think that this was something to, to, to look into. Uh, is that because they, they had confidence that the mayor was on top of it? Or, uh, maybe they, they just thought, oh, it's one of those things, nothing you can do about it. But um, certainly it was an embarrassing um, situation for the city of New Bedford. Uh, but uh, there you go. We've also been talking about the Charmic Diner this morning. Um, uh, the new sheriff, Paul Hero, has put it up for auction uh, starting at $10. It, it doesn't seem like um, uh, uh, he has a whole lot of confidence that he could start very high um, on that old diner. Kind of a shame. It's, it was a South Coast icon. Sad to see it go. But um, but it's, it's going to go. I, I suppose if he can't auction it off, they'll have to sell it for scrap or... Or, or or whatever, um, you know. It's 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 a shame. I thought it was a nice idea that that Phil had that, that that to use that diner to train. It's exactly the subject we're talking about today. You know, use it to train uh, workers, uh, many of whom can work in the restaurant industry. Um, but uh, it, it wasn't to be. It needed a lot of work. It it didn't have any kitchen equipment. It didn't have uh, bathrooms that were working. Uh, had a lot of problems. Uh, what's on your mind, South Coast, uh, this morning? Uh, give me a call. The lines are open. 508-996-0500. Does um, anybody out there, uh, uh, are they fans of, uh, oh, I see Adam Bass coming in for the, the half-hour news. I'm always ready to forget that in the early morning we uh, we do news on the half-hour. So uh, I'm, I'm glad that Adam comes into the, the uh, window so that I can see that I have to, Cue him up in a in a second. Um, uh, you know, it, it really is an art, Adam, to uh, to know exactly when to um, to fire off this um, <laughs> bumper. You know, I still Takes have practice. Yeah, I still have um, twenty seconds to go before um, you're supposed to launch. Uh, but we are approaching it, and I think I'm going to go a little early just so you can go.
A prolonged heat wave baking the southwest is expected to get even hotter. First responders in Phoenix, Arizona are bracing for a potentially dangerous 115 degree high by this afternoon. Temperatures could hit 119 over in Palm Springs, California. And in one of the world's hottest spots, Death Valley, could hit a scorching 130 degrees Fahrenheit. The cast and crew of the new movie Oppenheimer are showing their support of the SAG-AFTRA strike, walking out of their London premiere on Thursday. Nolan, Christopher Nolan, said his actors were leaving early to write their picket signs and were joining the Writers Guild in the struggle for fair wages for working members of the union. The Writers Guild has been on strike since May. A divided House voted on Thursday to restrict abortion access, bar transgender health services, and limit diversity training for the military personnel. Democrats warned they could not support the defense bill with the abortion restriction included. Republicans accused Democrats in the Biden administration of trying to turn the Pentagon into what they called a hotbed of radical progressivism. Reform is coming to the Minneapolis Police Department. A county judge approved a wide-ranging settlement agreement on Thursday between the city of Minneapolis and the State Department of Human Rights. Those reforms include restricting aggressive tactics that officers can use while also looking to strengthen the city's police accountability system. The Department of Human Rights had accused the city of being responsible for a decade's worth of discriminatory policing leading up to the highly publicized death of George Floyd three years ago. A woman is behind bars for her alleged role in the death of actor Robert De Niro's grandson. 19-year-old Leonardo De Niro was found in an apartment earlier this month after dying from a suspected drug overdose. While there's been no official cause of death denounced, his mother said someone sold him pills that they knew were laced with fentanyl. A man is being sentenced to seven years in prison for his role in the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. Kyle Fitzsimmons was convicted of 11 charges for his part at the insurrection, which included assaulting and throwing a spear-like object at police officers. He temporarily suffocated one detective with pepper spray and also encouraged other rioters to attack officers as well. Jared Kushner has met with the grand jury investigating the aftermath of the 2020 election. Report... Reports say former President Trump's son-in-law testified in recent weeks, along with former Trump aide Hope Hicks. The grand jury is hearing evidence about the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol and efforts to overturn the results of the election. According to the New York Times, Kushner testified that Trump truly believed the election was stolen. And Krispy Kreme is selling a dozen donuts for 86 cents today in honor of its birthday. Customers who buy a dozen donuts at a regular price can get a dozen original glazed donuts for just 86 cents. The deal is also for available for online delivery and pickup orders with the promo code 86 years. In sports, the Boston Red Sox are back on the trail to face off against the Chicago Cubs tonight at 8.05 p.m. at Wrigley Field. And now here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. Expect rain and thunderstorms to be moving through the area today. We're going to catch these in waves, so we could see some heavy downpours at times. But in between these waves, we'll catch some sunshine, too. So as we head through the day, we'll see a high of about 81 degrees. Tonight, we're turning cloudy with a few spot showers here and there, low of 73. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. It is currently 69 degrees right now in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. Thanks, Adam. Adam does a great job 
bringing the news to us uh, on the half hour, an hour. And um, I'm glad to have him there, especially when I'm not getting any calls. What do you have to say this morning, uh, uh, South Coast? Give me a call. Where are my regulars? Shanae, John from Fairhaven. We need you to call. Mary, Catherine, <laughs> give, give us a call. Tell us what's on your mind. Um, we've been talking about this, the bad hires in the city of New Bedford this morning. We've been talking about the um, the auction of the the Charmant Diner, uh, uh, the bullying video at Alma Del Mar. Uh, uh, what's on your mind? Looks like the sun has gone back in again. I guess it's going to be that kind of a day. Uh, uh, has anybody read the stories about this um, Boston City Councilor who's been driving around for 10 years without a license, uh, getting in all kinds of accidents and just, just generally being oblivious that she has to follow the rules? Quite the story. Um, sometimes you think that the Bedford City Council is um, is uh, nothing to write home about, but um, the uh, the Boston City Council might be worse. They say that the infighting Mayor Wu of Boston recently said that the infighting on the Boston City Council is is giving the city a bad reputation. Is is uh, is hurting the city from moving forward? Is the same thing going on in New Bedford? Is is the New Bedford City Council? Is it is there so much dysfunction there that it's uh, giving the city a bad reputation? That it's preventing New Bedford from moving forward? Certainly, the New Bedford City Council has had uh, challenges working constructively with this mayor, who, by the way, seems, from all intents and purposes, like he's going to run for re-election. It's hard to imagine that he's just settled the police contract, given them. $3,000, not only for new hires, but for anybody who's there to keep them from leaving. Um, uh, I've talked uh, about this to some of my political cohorts, and um, I think the other unions are going to ask for the same thing. The firefighters uh, asked me just settle their, their, their contract, so they won't be asking for it soon. But the teachers, I don't know. What, what, I mean, it's not just police that are having a hard time retaining people. Uh, police are already the highest paid People in New Bedford. I, mean, I understand that that you want to have uh, to, to to pay law enforcement um, uh, a, a good wage, but I'm not sure that you have to have them be the people in the city who make the most money. Who and they are also going to be able to not live in the city more easily. Which I, I I'm not. I, I guess people should be able to live where they want to, but you know, you really you really want police officers and teachers, you know, uh, uh, city employees to be invested in the city. I think it's it's harder when you get to some of the management employees who are able to command those big salaries in the private sector. But the, um, you know, the, the, the police contract has been settled. So it, it looks to me, for all intents and purposes, we're at July 14th today, that Mayor John Mitchell, despite, you know, you would think he's enormously... Unpopular. If you if you if you uh, listen to talk radio, if you if you listen to what is said on the floor of the city council, and yet he's been reelected five times. He appears to be headed to run for a sixth term. Uh, there's some talk that that former mayor Scott Lang or or, or someone else might uh, run, but we haven't actually um, seen that yet. Um, what's going to happen with this year's election? We have a call on the line, so we'll go to him. You're next on WBSM with Jack Spillane. Hi, Jack. I'm a repeat caller, so you might want to hang up on me. No, no. I'm happy to have any callers this morning, I think. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, 
I was just thinking about what you said about the um, the city and the mayors and whatever. And the Bedford has had some wonderful mayors in my lifetime that I remember. Um, we, you know, I think we're lucky to have someone as bright as John Mitchell, um, as compassionate as Scott Lang, also very bright. Um, you know, we have we've had John Bullard, we've had Rosemary Tierney. I think all good mayors in their own right. Um, and I think what it is, it's trying to like turn the Titanic around. Um, I think uh-huh. that we need jobs. It's a, it's a difficult um, task. And we're just like a little, what would you call us, a medium or small city? We're not a, a large city. No, no. Once a city um, declines into a bad economy with high unemployment, high crime, it's very hard to turn it around. Um, I, th- I think you're right, but I think we've had a succession of good mayors of different philosophies, and, mm-hmm. and I, think, I think they've all done a good job. Who, who would you say is your favorite mayor in the time no, you've I been in? I can't decide. Hmm? I can't decide. I'm can't not going to decide. It's like asking your mother who her favorite child is. <laughs> How about top two? I, I, I think that, um, by the way, I was my mother's favorite child, but no. Uh, I think back at... To my grandfather, my grandfather came to this country um, from the island of St. Michael and, you know, arrived under the sponsorship of an older brother and lived in Boston for a while, then eventually settled and raised his family in Bedford. He worked at the Goodyear all of his life that I know of, and he was able to support five children. Um, They weren't rich, but they had a very rich family life. Yep. And I think it, in those days, you were able to support your family if you worked hard um, with a job. You know, it might not have afforded you a lot of luxuries, but at the same time, the luxuries aren't going to make, you know, make you happy or necessarily ensure your happiness. Absolutely. Um, what do you, what do you I, think is the thing that changed that made it <clears throat> so a working man cannot support a family by himself anymore. What, what changed? The jobs, the job situation, like the mills closing, the factories closing, manufacturing, I think that played a, a big role. So, so in, in other words, the manufacturing jobs paid enough money. Overseas. They, they, yes. paid, they paid more than minimum wage. They weren't like these service jobs. And, uh-huh. and, and, and they, they, yeah, I guess that I, I, I often wondered about that. Is it that... Inflation caused everything to get more expensive. Is it that the, they say that the gap between the rich and poor has grown astronomically, really, since Ronald Reagan was president 50 years ago? I know, I know some of my conservative listeners might not want to hear that, but that, that as, we, as we've had these demise of the private sector unions, not the public mm-hmm. sector unions, but the private sector unions, that, that the living wage has has gone down. I'm, I'm not an economist. I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but something has definitely changed. And I in- also think that our culture, um, and this is like a real broad stroke, so, you know, please forgive me, but I think our culture has changed in that we value money, I think, a little bit too much. Money is wonderful. It's wonderful to be able to pay your bills, to live comfortably, but, like, the love of money and the greed, maybe mm-hmm. it's greed, and I think that health care costs are so exorbitant because the insurance companies and the hospitals are greedy. Yep. And I almost, like, I'm not a socialist, but I almost think there should be a cap. Like some of those hospitals that have closed and paid out millions to their um, board of directors 
and left the community high and dry, I think that's really a sin. Yeah, I agree. And, and don't you think that we also have a lot more than our parents did? I mean, I, I you know, I, I just Without think we, a doubt. Ha- we have all kinds of electronic equipment. We go on fancy vacations. We eat out more. I, I just think we have a, a lot of stuff that, that, that people didn't used to have. You know, I, you know, I, I think in the, I, I think I had a couple of pairs of pants when I was growing up. And well, it, I think, it, I think that you're a happier prop. Well, I don't know yeah. about you. I don't know you. But I think there was like a richness and a fullness to life um, that we don't have anymore because we're looking for the next big thing. And I keep talking to my husband about cutting the cord for cable. You know, that's like a huge bill. And I'm thinking maybe we should just, you know, read more books. I don't know. Tell each other stories. (laughs) Whatever. I like movies. I do like movies. But we we don't subscribe to Netflix. We just have basic cable and we might have like one bump up i don't really know yeah i don't pay that bill but i know it's exorbitant yep yeah i'm gonna have to yeah. cut the cord sooner or later the cable myself it's just it's just outrageous I, am, I also think that people have a lot more power than they think they do i'm a child of the 60s and i think that if we all organize like i know comcast is the or xfinity is the only um game in town but if they were threatened with like a mass exodus of their customers, I think they'd have to change. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have the power of the purse. Um, and look into streaming services. You may find that you'll be able to get some uh, cheaper ways of, of getting your cable TV. I, I got to go to a break call, but it's, okay, it's, it's great care. talking to you. Okay, bye-bye. All right, it is the Tim Weisberg Show, but this is Jack Spillane uh, from the New Bedford Light sitting in for Tim this morning. Tim is down in Gettysburg uh, 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 on a uh, venture with his um, some of his um, uh, paranormal friends. Uh, we'll see what Tim comes back from. In the meantime, I'm holding down the fort. We've been talking about my column in the New Bedford Light this morning about um, the bad hires that the city made Um of a of a police officer, a former police officer who ended up uh, 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 stealing from the city, and uh, the Whaling Museum uh, 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 employee who stole all the artifacts. Uh, uh, I don't know exactly what happened. I, my my sense is that some, at least in the case of the city, uh, uh, someone tried to give a guy a break and and give him a second chance, and it it, it didn't work out. And Carl Alves is going to be. Here talking um, in the third hour to hopefully call, say he would try to come in, uh, uh, about uh, the challenge of, of employing people who um, are in the recovery community and um, are uh, uh, former offenders, uh, criminal offenders. Uh, uh, so we'll see what he has to say then. Sun is coming out again. It's July. We're at the, heat of the, the high point of the summer. What do you have to say? Are you enjoying your summer? 508-996-0500. Give us a call. The lines are open. Uh, we can talk about whatever you want. I'm just reading a, a story this morning that the um, the water temperature in the waters off of Florida are in the 90s, 90 degrees. So it's like bathtub water when you go into the ocean. The temperatures in southern Europe, in Spain, Italy, and Greece are said to be 110 every day. Uh, uh, 
uh, um, I, I have a message that Carl is, is, is outside and I am on the air, so I can't really go out, um, but I'll go out and get, get him a little bit. Uh, 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 so uh, what are you doing about climate change? I'm, I have to say, I don't do much. Uh, a, um, I think um, I am embarrassed to say that I still take long warm showers and um, probably uh, run my air conditioner too long. Uh, I have asthma, so that's my rationalization. Uh, in theory, like I'm supporting the wind turbines, I'm supporting alternative energy. So that's my rationale about what I'm doing for climate change, but it's not enough. Uh, what are you doing for climate change? Are you, are you, um, are you uh, uh, doing your part uh, on a personal level? You know, there's all kinds of people who talk about, you know, not going out to eat too much, not 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 um, buying new clothes in the fashion industries, all these different things that people say is contributing to to massive energy use. Do you do anything to um, cut down your your consumption? Maybe this is the wrong um, the wrong audience to be asking that question, but but uh, uh, I have to say that I don't I don't do enough. Um, uh, 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 this is Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light filling in for Tim Weisberg. Uh, I can I can hardly wait for Carl to get in in a few minutes because I think he's really going to have some stories about what people face who are in the recovery community and who um, uh, have served their time trying to get to, to get jobs. Uh, uh, I don't have I, I don't really have um, a whole lot of people though that want to talk about that. I'm not sure why. Uh, uh, did you read the, the story about um, the New Bedford Light story about Officer Vincent Peters, uh, another New Bedford police officer in trouble? Uh, in this case, uh, he's in trouble for altering, uh, for, for, for making false statements on a police report. Um, uh, another sad case. Uh, I'm not sure what the discipline will be, but, but he uh, either mistakenly or deliberately uh, um, said that a, a person dropped a bicycle and that's why he had to handcuff him. And the, the, the video, because everything is on cell phone video now, uh, uh, showed that it was not it was not the um, the alleged perpetrator who dropped the bicycle, but but the um, the officer himself. So he didn't need to be handcuffed. Um, you know, cell phones have changed everything. Uh, part of the new police contract is that that we're going to have. Um, uh, cell phone cameras, uh, police cameras on the um, helmets of uh, officers uh, going forward. And, and that'll be a, a good thing. I think both the, the police officers themselves and, and um, the community, particularly the minority community, uh, support that. So that, that will be a good thing. Um, it will certainly um, uh, lessen situations like Officer Peters where... where um, uh, misinformation is, is put into a police report uh, for whatever reason. Um, uh, what's your what's your what's your feeling about the um, New Bedford Police Department in general? Uh, there's been a lot of criticism of them in recent years. Uh, uh, I know that uh, there's nothing better than a good police officer. A good police officer is worth their weight in gold, and I have no doubt that the majority of them are good. But uh, uh, we've had some criticism, particularly uh, when the Black Lives Mo uh, Now movement was was uh, in full uh, full uh, flavor. We have a caller, so I'm going to go to that caller. You're on the air with Jack Spillane. Hi, Jack. Hi. 
I just wanted a little bit of clarification on this uh, Charmant Diner. Sure. Issue. So there's been all kinds of stories around. I read online Channel 6 said that Phil sold it to the Sheriff's Department. And I had heard that he actually donated it. And then I heard he donated it because he got a huge tax break when he sold the property. Does anybody know what the truth is? It, it's just confusing because you get three different stories out there, I think. Well, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not an expert on that issue. I would have to look it up, uh, which I'm, I'm happy to do during the break. Uh, uh, I think that um, my understanding is that he donated it. Uh, you know, whether he got a tax break for that or not, I mean, he's entitled to a tax break like oh, anybody yeah, no else. About it. Right. I'm not questioning that. I just, yeah. I'm trying to get the facts because, like I say online, Channel 6 has it posted and said he sold it. And I didn't think he did. I thought he gave it to him. Sometimes, um, even in a charity transaction, people will sell something like for a dollar for, oh, yeah, maybe. That for, might for, be for business yeah. purposes or, or whatever. Uh, you know, I'm not exactly what the circumstances on that were. Um, uh, Phil says that he would like it back if, 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 if um, they're not going to use it. I, I don't, uh, I mean, the sheriff wants to auction it. I, I, if nobody, if nobody um, bids on it, why couldn't they just give it? Back to Phil, although That's, I think... That was, that was my final point. If yeah. nobody really wants it, because it looks like there's a lot of work involved. I don't know what Phil would do with it either, but uh, I think, you know, since he's the one that offered it up, he ought to have first right refusal. If sure. they're not going to use it for the purpose they intended to use sure. it. Sure. Uh, it's interesting if they did put it up for auction rather than just give it back to him. I think, I think probably the big issue is how do you transport it off the grounds of the Bristol County Housing Correction, that's not going to be cheap. No, it you, isn't. You no, know. it isn't. Like I say, it'd be interesting to know what Phil would do with it, even if he did come up with the money to transport. But anyway, it just seems a little sketchy. I see different stories out there online. Just trying to figure yeah. out what really happened. Did he donate it? Did he yeah. sell it? Did he sell it for a dollar? You know? Yeah. We'll anyway, see we'll see if we can, we'll see if we can get to the bottom of that by doing some some research off the year. And if any of the callers um knows what the answer to those questions are, feel free to call in. But I, I will say that Phil Paleologus is a very enterprising guy and if he yep. did get it back he might he I I would bet he would he would come up with um uh, an idea to put it to productive use. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Jack. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, this is Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light. Carl uh, uh, Alves is in the area, so he'll he'll be here shortly. Um, when we go out to get him, go out to let him out in the building because I'm um, here solo by myself this morning, and um, we have about four minutes to news, and and then Carl will be here to talk about just what it is that people who have have struggled with the disease of substance abuse. Uh, face when they try to get jobs. And, th- and that's what it is. You know, there, there's a lot of discussion as to whether um, chemical addiction, whether it's to alcohol or drugs, is a disease. I, I firmly believe it is. It, and anybody who has dealt with it at all knows that there are physical components to people who are in the throes of addiction, even if they may have been able to um, uh, control it in the early stages. By the time they are in full-blown addiction, they, they can't. And like anything else in life, you know, you can try to um, blame people, but where does that get you? Yes, people are responsible for their actions. And, and yes, um, if they commit crimes, they, they need to pay the, 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 the penalty for those crimes. But we're talking about people who have served their time, people who have managed to get themselves sober, at least for a time. And how are they going to make a living? We don't want them to be dependent on the government. 
But how do we convince employers to take a chance on on these people? I, I think Kyle Alves is going to have some some great stories about the benefits of doing that. We had the 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 man who works with woodwork, the carpenter, who said that he has hired someone who had served time and has had nothing but positive experiences with him. So, you know, the this that. And I realize I have forgotten to play the final break, so I'm going to play it now and hopefully we'll go into the news and get a little bit of it. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.